Coming up this week, Disneyland finally closes a FastPass loophole, D23 announces this year's Disney Legend winners, and we, knew, and we lose another connection to Walt. Plus later, Tony and I hit the dinner buffet at Storyteller's Cafe. All that next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 665, for the week of April 9th, 2017. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Mary Jo Malata-Willie. Hello. Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And Tony Spatel. Hello. And Nancy is taking the week off. How is everyone doing? Great. Great. Very, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. It's, we're, we're enjoying a bit of sun between the rainstorms. Yeah, it's so yeah. nice. I, I, I kind of <laughs> missed it because I was in Southern California when it was raining in Northern California, and then I flip-flopped. So I kind of passed through <laughs> the storm. Um, okay. So the, I, the, the, I was excited. I got to We have the, to. I mean, yeah, the I was excited. The a video of us doing Monty Python's Penguin on the television skit while on Utopia. Not sure what any of those words mean. Okay. No, no. I, I was just excited that I heard, I'd heard, I've been watching the show with Walt talking about this new park that he was going to build in Southern <laughs> so California. California. Yeah. Yes. And so I finally got, yeah. I got to go. Nice. nice. I, and I even got a pass. So I'll be going a little bit more often. Okay. So cool. Uh, let's talk about and, that. And, and then Tom exploited yeah. me already. Yes, I, to yes, the segment. Yeah. Uh, talk about that in a second. Want to say hello to our listeners. Uh, listening and chatting live on Mixler. If you want to listen and chat live every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Pacific, head over to Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com. Listen and chat with the rest of your Diz friends. Um, Got to mention and plug the rest of the Dreams... Un- I'm sorry, I always do that. The Diz Unplugged family of podcasts. Uh, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show, because that one comes up first every Monday at DizUnplugged.com or uh, WDW... I'm sorry, or... YouTube.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel. Uh, the Orlando Show, live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific. The Best and the Worst, I think, is back on Wednesdays. That You'll find that on YouTube. Uh, this Unplugged channel on YouTube. The Universal Show, every Thursday. And uh, Dispop, every Friday. Also, every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific-ish. You'll, you can catch the Daily Fix, your day's quick look at what's happening in Disney news. Um, Featuring Tom Bell. I know that was so fun. Um, and it'll, <laughs> I promise it'll be better next time and on, t- and, and closer to on time. It's really hard, um, to get it on time from here because I have to be basically done with it by eight o'clock. Uh, eight o'clock Disneyland time. Yes. Because then I have to f- send the file to them, and they've got to put the the graphics oh. over the top of it. And transferring the file takes like a, like half an hour because it's because I'm using my my nice camera. So 
hopefully uh, we'll get the kinks out and it'll be up uh, much quicker. Uh, this and that's every Wednesday now, right? It's looking that way, yeah. So I mean, you know, cool. it, things change, but it's just, they just wanted another another face to to fill in just in case there there's something happening on the East Coast. They've got to do a media event or something like that. So it makes it nice that in if you know if the studio's not available and they needed to need a need to, somebody else to do the Valley fix. So. And it is second week of April. Michael? So Yes, and we have a really terrific episode this week on Friday. Uh, Craig and I are going to continue our examination of Walt Disney's animated films, and we're going to jump into the history of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. See what I did there? You know how rabbits jump. <laughs> and, nice. and, it's, and, of course, it's timed for Easter, of course. But we have a very special guest to talk about Oswald. We are going to have a talk with Disney filmmaker, historian, and author Dave Bossert, who oh, is coming out. In, I thought you are bringing in Al Michaels. No, no, but we do talk about Al. <laughs> no, we're bringing in um, Dave Bossert, who nice. has a book coming up on um, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which he is going to be um, releasing in advance at the D23 Expo. So we are going to learn all about that lucky rabbit that really started it all. Mm-hmm. So, um, so join us on um, Friday. Very cool. Um, I really enjoyed your last show. Um what I one of the things I like about it is the repeat repeatability. There's so much information that you and Craig talk about that I can I can I can listen to it again and enjoy the discussion all over again. So I really like how you two talk about everything. There's so oh, much. So I know that you do have you have a lot of a lot of research in it. So I don't know how you keep that keep all of that information straight. I, 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 I write a lot of things down. <laughs> Here's a yellow, but thank you. yellow legal pad. Uh, yeah, I, I have all <laughs> kinds of pads. But yeah, but thank you. But yeah, even when I go back and listen to them, uh, but I'm very critical. And I, I'm I, even I'm amazed at, wow, I, I forgot we had covered that. So uh, They're fun to listen yeah. to. And, and like I said, there's so much information that it's fun to listen to them again. So I listened to it yesterday and I know I'll listen to it tomorrow on my way to work. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Oh, March Madness is almost done. Um, if you are listening live in the Mixler chat room and you haven't voted yet, um, you have about 45 minutes to vote. And then at the end of the show, we will announce the winner of this year's March Madness, which was uh, Disneyland Good Neighbor Hotels and Anaheim Off-Property Restaurants. So that will be at the end of the show. We'll, we'll discuss that and um, announce the winner. Um, let's see, housekeeping. Uh, last week or the week before, Mary Jo, you talked about, uh, Vault Disney, or what is it, Vault Disney 28 or whatever that store is being closed for renovations? I think Nancy did. Okay. Cause I She's walked, always much better than I am. I walked about in it. there and I did not notice anything different. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because so I remember not, when nothing, she brought it not, up, we were talking about. I mean, all the shelves look the same, so. Yeah. Well, when she talked about it, she was talking about how the shelves seemed to be really full. So okay. she was surprised that it was closed. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe they were just taking inventory. Yeah. Um, has, has anybody noticed at Paradise Gardens uh, that the area just in front of the stage there, in front of the Paradise Gardens stage, 
they have different tables. They change the tables there? Yeah, they're like redwood picnic tables. Ooh. Wait, picnic tables, so they're rectangular instead of instead of the square ones? They're rectangular. I... Um, they're not like picnic tables you would see at a park. They're like picnic, nicer picnic tables that you would see in your your backyard where, where the, oh. the slats are on the bias and, you know. Oh, they're not from Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue. No, 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 no. Okay. No. So I wonder if they're just encouraging more people to sit together or yeah, you could fit more people in that yeah, area. Yeah, it could be. Or it's just special for food and wine, but you never have you, you never know with, with Disney. Um, let's see what else I want to talk about. Um, okay, so Tony. Yes, I was muted. I so when I'm were. typing on Mixler. I know, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> So Tony and I checked out Autopia. I made him go on Autopia, and I made him drive three times. Three times I did, <laughs> and I drove three times. And uh, I'm stressed because, you know, Tom can be a little prickly. Yes. And so he was – I was like, I hope I'm not driving bad. Like, he's going to go, why didn't you drive bad or whatever? And so – um, and then I was going to get out of the car and slam the door in the middle of the road, like a, you know, like a <laughs> 80s uh, Chicago video. And uh, But we, we handled it. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's a, a live version on, on our Facebook page. And then I, we recorded two with a nice camera and, uh, somebody in Orlando should be editing that for me. Cause I'm, I'm not up to speed on editing yet. So, uh, hopefully they'll, they'll put up a nice, nice version of that very soon. We also, um, went on the, uh, the updated quote unquote updated Pirates of the Caribbean. Any changes? And again, as with Vault Disney 28, I didn't notice anything. Um, it was kind of one of those things where we're going through the ride and we're pointing out things and we're like, is that new? Um, wait, wait, is that new? So. And the problem is for me, literally every time I go on any ride, is that new? Is that new? <laughs> like, so I'm really the worst person to go on it with them, but I didn't see anything new and tom being the expert didn't say anything new wait we didn't talk about Autopia. we're just letting that go oh we can go back i'm sorry i apologize Autopia. so we went on Autopia. um so the the most exciting thing is they besides the ride they also changed this the announcement in the queue guess who does the announcement in the queue michael um oh no not not what's his name <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's Neil a him or, I don't know if it's a him or a her, but it's Bird. Bird? bird. Oh, at least Bird yes. does something. Bird does, yes, Bird. Does. Bird is the word, huh? <laughs> so Bird does the the span the the English and Spanish version of the. Of How do the, you know it's Bird? Is there an audio animatronic Bird, or is he on the screen? No, it, it's just the audio. Hi, this is Bird. Um, oh, okay. What kind of a voice does Bird it. have? I. How would you describe? Hi, it's, it's a cartoon version. Cartoon yeah, kind of high yeah. pitched, yeah. and I'm bird. Yeah, they're perfect. Oh, yes, it was just like that. I will never do that imitation again. It's over, <laughs> done. Because I'm, so I never not as falsetto to... as Mickey Mouse, but it's a high. It's yeah, yeah. yes, it's yes. somewhere between Mickey and I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was Doogie Howser doing it. <laughs> no, not this now time. that he's out of a yeah, no, you know, a gig it. with um, World <laughs> yeah. of Color. Um, so. How many different vignettes are there? Four, Tony? Four. Okay. There's four. And I and, saw uh, that, that 
robot actually does move actually, slightly. Yeah, slightly, yes. I, I was excited about that. So can I go on my little unplugged? Of course. Part. That's my thing here. is the fate. Yeah, I don't know why they they really if they're gonna have him there, Osimo and Bird, they could have put like three more scenes and actually had a beginning, middle, and end of the story. Like it was just, oh, here's Osimo and Bird. Oh, what did they get into this time? But that's only because we saw it three times. Mm-hmm. But I don't see how much more it would have cost to have a, to have a fake plastic robot. There really and was butt. no, there was no conclusion to the story. Or no, there was. Uh. Uh-uh. Like I might as well just put Honda billboards up. Like I understand that they tried to make it like there was. I just felt like if you're dis, it's Disney. You're going to do a story. You could have put a beginning, middle. Like I would have liked to seen them in a car at the end. Like oh, we're we made it or. Because what was the last scene? The last scene was that, spoiler alert. Was well, was the 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 airplane at the end, which made no sense at all. Yes. So apparently, even though it's the future and Osimo is the epitome of technology, he cannot control Bird. Him and Bird get into <laughs> mischief. Yes, they do. And yes, like get like it. And uh, my favorite was in the little vignette in the line. Um that they packed paper maps. I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> so in the, in the little, the little circular room where that has the three screens that you go through during the queue. One of them is, uh, them packing up the car and to go on this, this road trip and awesome. packs maps. And then the other one is something about bird. And then the third one is, is awesome. um, checking his computer and looking at old, old pictures or, or trip planning websites or something to go to all these different places in California or better. Oh, good. Because when they tear down that attraction, I hope he's, he finds a place to now, go. Now, wait, now I'm, I'm going to uh, be, I'm going to be there chained to Autopia to not break good. it down. And here's why Michael. So, you know, here's me and Tom smashing in this darn car and everybody's like, Together gives us the luck. We're like, yes, together. So anyway, so we go sit and fit in the car. How many, how many cars? One. Yeah. yeah, one car. But um, and we got three every time. Yeah. So, anyways, um, but well, I'd I, I'd play. I'd bet everything on three black or whatever. <laughs> then. Well, and then on uh, pirates, we got row three too. But that's not the the reason why I'm going to chain myself to Autopia. Is when we were, you know, Tom's filming, so he's oblivious. He's just doing his filming. And as we're coming back in, no, not in a bad way, but as we're coming back in, there's maybe a four-year-old girl with the biggest smile of pure, unadulterated joy. And I went, that's, and it's like, Tom, that's why this ride can never go away. I've never seen that face. She wasn't the only one. I mean, every kid on that thing, you could see the smiles on their faces. That was, yeah. And, and, and when they build, that. and when they build the frozen attraction, they'll have those same smiles. <laughs> no, I know, no, that's what I was arguing with Tom. I didn't argue. I said Tom. I said I don't see that after them meeting princesses or it's a different. As much as I don't like it, it's those toddlers adore that thing. Well, you know, the sooner they learn life is full of disappointments, the better. <laughs> Take ah. the bulldozer to that thing and to interventions and just replace them. <laughs> put put in the Tron roller coaster for all I care. <laughs> so. Emails wow. go to Michael at... <laughs> now, see, if that would have been on YouTube, imagine all the comments he would have got. I know. I know me and Craig, we would have just... We, we could have reveled in comments. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean uh, it, and you know that we there's there's one vignette that you see from two different sides, so it makes no sense because you you see it and then you see another vignette and then you see the same one again. And then oh, because the story kind of progresses right as you go along. You, it's supposed to, but I I think it's just four different. I didn't know there was a story. I, it's just like four different situations that Osamo and Bird get into. Yeah, we were saying there should be a story. There is no. Yeah, it's just four different diff, four different situations. Uh, and then like, the, the the water tower made no sense at all because it had like. A plane, a plane in the... crashed into it, but we hadn't seen the plane yet. That was in the next vignette, so... Yeah, my thing is, it's Disney, you tell stories. Have a... For the first scene where we get in the car, and then they're in the car. Okay, there they go, and then... Like, and they could have put up a couple of... Because it was interesting, is in the... We're really di- diving deep yeah, into right. this. Um, While we were looking at the... Uh, this is what happens when I go to Disneyland, finally. Mm-hmm. So For um, the first time. Yeah, for the first time ever, so anyways. First time um, forever. Well, you know what I was upset about is my e-tickets. They were looking at me like I couldn't use them. I said, I've had these for a while. So, um, And then where was the bra shop? I was looking everywhere for it. I'd heard about it, and it wasn't there. <laughs> for your moobs? Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> I, we didn't have to go there, but thank you, Mike. <laughs> so anyways, I was going for more of the historical, you know, but that's uh, okay. You have to go for the blue make fun of Tony's size humor, but that's okay. Anyways, uh, what were we – now, oh, I can't uh, remember what I was saying. It was about I, the plane from Goofy Sky School hitting yes, Topia. In the beginning, in the little videos while you're in the line, you see him going through the maps like a virtual map thing and like click on, oh, Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, here's another place in California I could go. So I was telling Tom, why don't they just have at least a sign somewhere throughout the ride that, oh, now they went to – San Francisco. Now they went to Yosemite. Like it wouldn't have been that much more work. Is that what the story was? They went to different places in California. I thought they were just camping. I don't. I don't know. But in one of the little videos, you see him looking at different places to mm. go. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying that was the story, but it looked like they were alluding to it. Yeah, most of it looked like they were camping because they had they were they carrying a trailer or a boat or something mm-hmm. behind them and. Mm-hmm. Now and now they I read that they've uh, they worked on the engines were they any less smelly I mean did you notice the difference no, no, no. the engines <laughs> they did like a year ago but uh, there's there's still uh, there's still um, lawnmower engines oh okay and Tony killed his yeah it died it it doesn't take much for this <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily you, you press on the gas and it goes again but he thought he had he thought he had destroyed it. Yeah, that would have been exciting. Yeah, that would have been exciting. At least we'd have something to talk, good to talk about. Um, let's see. We stayed at a Good Neighbor Hotel we were going to review, but we decided not to because they're in the middle of construction. Uh, and not in the rooms, but like in the lobby area. Uh, so if you are planning on staying at the Embassy Suites North, which I'm not sure why you would be because it's like, five miles away from Disneyland takes like 15 minutes to get there. Yeah. Um, other than the price is great and you don't, and the, and you don't have to pay for parking. Actually, the price isn't, uh, the price is okay, but you don't have to pay for parking. Anyway, their entire lobby is like the, the, the hotel is, is a circus, like a, a rectangle of tower with an open center and a, like skylights. Anyway, 
the entire lobby is covered in in white plastic sheeting. Hmm. So you look down from the from the outside of your room, and you don't see the lobby because it's covered in white plastic except for one little corner. I think maybe all the embassy suites are going through renovations or the ones in Orange County because the Brea one that I stay at was going through renovations too. They didn't have okay. the plastic sheet over the entire thing. So, I'm, I mean, they were kind of big in the, like, 80s, early 90s, so maybe they're yeah. due for an update. Yeah. Well, but you know I mean, what I did? Popcorn I ceiling, did, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing I did notice was that it's the art that is the shuttle that takes you from there. There's an art stop. There's art stop there? Okay. Yes, which is, like, five – it's the part of Anaheim that's not really Anaheim, people. Like, it's it's the other part of Anaheim. So it's literally five miles, but you're taking two freeways. Yeah. So it's, it's out so, there. It's like the yeah. fur, it's the furthest Good Neighbor Hotel. Yeah, I'm surprised. I don't, I'm curious as to how they got it. Mm-hmm. Right. Other, other than they're in the city of Anaheim legally or yeah. technically. Yeah. But. It's really weird. Anyway, um, any other housekeeping? As, a, as I've rambled. I have a couple. Go ahead, Marja. Actually, actually, two and then one just a reminder. Um, <laughs> that would be Pixar three. Parade, okay. we've talked... Well, yeah, sort of. Uh, I, I'm taking Nancy's. <laughs> I was um, just Pixar thinking Parade, that. <laughs> Pixar Parade, uh, we've already talked about it coming back. Uh, it seems that it's going to be coming back on May 12th. So pretty soon, which we're happy to hear about. And then, Are we? Are we um, really? A lot of people love Pixar Play Parade. Okay. You, I thought you did too. No, you're thinking of someone else. Oh, I love that parade. I, li- I like it's. It, is that the one that has Autopia cars in it? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where they squirt you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The one that they squirt you. It's high energy. They're they're. It's fun. People dance along as as it goes through. It has no so. plot. It's a I'm Toy kidding. Story. I'm kidding. Uh, I was going to say, Oprah, I don't know any parade that has. In it. Yes. <laughs> it's led by Asimo and uh, Bird. Yes, Bird, yes. <laughs> and they, they, <laughs> big improvement. <laughs> they walk to the songs of the Bird, Bird, Bird. Dee, dee, dee. Anyway, so, um, so that's coming back. And then starting this weekend, uh, there's Beauty and the Beast sing along is in playing in, is playing in different theaters, including, the AMC theaters at downtown Disney. So if you're there this week, I don't know if they're going to be continuing how long it's going to be playing at the AMC theaters, but you need to buy the tickets through Fandango. So that's another fun thing for those of you who so like to sing along. So I wasn't supposed to be singing along before? Well, you know, I sing along to them too. So <laughs> my, my uh, years ago, I think I was 19. My cousin was probably 17. And my dad, we went to go see Mary Poppins with my dad, and he was so embarrassed that we were singing aloud to all the songs that he moved to the row behind us. So he oh, I, lo- I would have liked your dad. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't realize it was just so catchy, and he made fun of us the rest of the day. But <laughs> anyway, um, those are the two housekeeping, and I just wanted to to uh, just remind everybody that the Diz twentieth anniversary. Um, is coming up, and I think all of us are going to it, right? Tony, are you going? Yes, I'm booked and everything. Our whole Disneyland team is going to be there. That's so Mm -hmm. awesome. So um, uh, the big parties, 
Thursday, June 1st, and I, I'm going to be there that weekend. When are you guys going to be there? We're flying in this Saturday before, and then we're returning home this Saturday after the party. Okay. And let what me I- look at let me look at my app because I forget the dates. I think I'm coming in the 29th or the 30th, and I'm leaving the 2nd or the 3rd. I think it's the 30th to the 3rd. So, so there'll be a couple of dates that we're all over there. So I, ho- I hope yeah. that we can get together, and I that would be so much I fun. I haven't booked anything yet yeah. because i got to wait and see what's happening with Guardians of the Galaxy and when, when that media event is going to go on. So, oh, We have to plan a meal together or something. That would that would be fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you want to plan a, a get together um so that we get, uh, like a little Disneyland dis a little Disneyland meet. Mm-hmm. I think that during the fun. party it's just gonna be too crazy oh, yeah, but yeah. Um, no. uh, I, I'm not sure what the plan is for that week. I know they had planned they were talking about doing different mini meets so I, once I get information on that, we can we can work around that and plan something. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, that was my third one. Okay, any other housekeeping, <laughs> Michael? Oh well, I wanted to wish uh, our uh, our friends who are celebrating. This is High Holy Week for a lot of religions. Um, happy Passover to our Jewish friends who will start celebrating Monday evening. And for Christians, uh, this is the beginning of Holy Week. So happy Easter um, to to everybody there. And Holy Week. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I don't know if this is the time you want me to share it, Tom. Uh, I, my little adventure at the Walt Disney Family Museum yesterday. Uh, let's let's hold that for a second, and we'll, we'll do that at the end. And sure. So we can... Make sure we have time to to do the March Madness okay. at the end, and we'll go on with That's that. Good. Uh, Tony, you ready with the news? Yes, I am. Awesome. Darn Mixler, I got to keep muting myself because I'm talking to people. Just, just, I, you know what I'm gonna do? The next time, Kathy. next time I'm not on the show, <laughs> I'm gonna stop stop be on the show, and I'll just be in Mixler talking. Okay. Like, rah, the show episode really misses Tony, mm. but I'll be logged in as a fake person. Yeah. It'll be me with a mustache and a goatee. Okay. <laughs> so, and a beret. Put yes. on your beret. Yes, exactly. So, we our first story is our fast passes at Toy Story Midway Mania have opened. So, and are the lines twice as long now? Yes. Well, I'm glad that that worked out. Sorry. <laughs> the no, no, I meant, I meant like serious. You don't have to apologize. That was that was just my joke. Um, the new fast pass machines for Toy Story Mid May Mid May Midway Mania. At DCA have been turned on, and the FastPass system is forcing some guests to change the way they use FastPasses. When Disneyland announced their upcoming Disney MaxPass service, they also confirmed that both Toy Story Midway Mania and Disneyland Park's Matterhorn bobsleds would be adding FastPass machines. While FastPass has just begun, the Matterhorn bobsleds are still closed for refurbishment. Are they ever not closed for refurbishment? Yeah, like I remember half the, the year. Yeah, like the one window where, oh, they're reopened, and I got on it, and then that was it. Uh, so the idea is that FastPass will likely begin when it reopens on April 28th. Also, the FastPass systems for Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure are combined now, thus mm-hmm. eliminating the ability for guests to have overlapping FastPasses, one at each park. 
Guests are typically only allowed to hold one FastPass reservation at a time, but with the systems not connected, some guests would park hop and hold FastPasses at both parks simultaneously, and that loophole is no longer possible. And there's still no word as to when Disney Max Pass will begin at the Disneyland Resort. I'm kind of just ready for it to kind to get started. Yeah. You know, we've they've set up the the different kiosks and if that means that we're going to have decent wi-fi in the parks <laughs> i'm hoping that that we get a benefit to it and it would be nice if it was you can only um make those um the fast pass because we're talking about doing it on your iphones right? right if you're only when you're in the park so that I, what I'm afraid of is pe- if people do it and they're not in the parks, that we're going to have people who are um, annual pass holders or, you know, kids making fast pass when they have no intention on going and using up the I, fast pass. I think the the thinking was that, it, that they said that it was supposed you have to be at the park. To make I it. like that. Yeah. I, it makes it more fair for people who don't have the smartphones, for especially for and our international guests. You know, visitors from Canada, especially Canada and Australia, um, we really, I always feel for them because of the rates for for their um, data. But if Disneyland has Wi-Fi, then... Well, that's true. That's true. We're just speculating that Wi-Fi is coming, but we haven't heard, we haven't had confirmation of that, so... I hope so. I, I heard that they put all these little, I think you heard it too, Tom, yeah, where they had yeah. put all these little um, transmitters or yeah, whatever they're the, called. The, the, this, this, the infrastructure is there. They just need to turn it on. Well, that explains Robot and Bird. Yes. <laughs> um, now, what are, what are your feelings about them combining the, the systems and closing that loophole? I got an idea. Mm. If you're willing to go across from back and forth, have all the fast passes you yeah, want. I know, right? Like, like, like that's not easy. I mean, it's not hard, but that's a lot of walking and time. So, yeah, if you want to beat the system, beat the system. Like, I mean, I, d- but how many of us did that? I mean, we all did that, <laughs> n- but not significantly, not that much that it is going to change the vacation, the way I vacation. Yeah, um, I rarely did it. Did it? I only did it when my, for instance, if my cousins came from Texas. And I became the fast pass runner. And while they did things at Disneyland, I would go get the radiator springs racers. But as far as like going back and forth, we, we kind of, we never did that really. I mean, to do it once, yeah, for radiator springs or something like that. Sure. But to continually go back and forth, there's no way. No, we didn't continually do it, but we would do it for major attractions. Is there not? And that makes, it's not like the fast pass machines for, any of the attractions are at the very front of the park. I mean, I think what's different though, is that we go a lot. Michael, when Michael goes out, he's a true guest Yeah. because he, when he and Carol and their family go out, they want to take, let me, let me just speak for you, Michael. (laughs) Please please do. (laughs) (laughs) But I believe that when you go, you want to make, you want to make the most of your visit. Mm -hmm, And so you are going to do the hopping. Whereas when I go, I there's specific things that I want to do, and I'm not doing the, the park hopping unless I'm there with family or friends that are visiting. Yeah, what she said. Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> when I go, when I'm there by myself, I tend to do less park hopping. 
I tend to focus on a park. So I'm sure there will there will be people that are all up in arms that their vacation is ruined, but I yeah, no. Well we have some Uber planners and I think they're the ones that you know, they, they pick their runner and, and they like to and I don't know how it's gonna you know, they have some programs um that people use and I don't know if those programs um expect you to park hop and we'll right. tell you, you know, get, get your fast pass and mm-hmm. to maximize your time. And that's going to be affected now. Yeah. At Disneyland, if you just get out of bed early, you can beat everybody. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So they'll be fine. Yeah. They, they shall live. Our next story, George McInnes. The last Imagineer hired by Walt Disney has died. He was 87. McGinnis was the show designer on a variety of projects while at Walt Disney Imagineering, including Space Mountain at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. McGinnis, the senior project while attending the Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles, was for a high-speed train that caught the eye of Disney. Upon graduating in 1966, he was invited to work at WED Enterprises, His first assignment was to design the miniature transportation models for the Progress City display that was part of the Carousel of Progress attraction. Other designs at Disneyland included the Mighty Microscope inside Disneyland's Adventure Through Inner Space ride. George was a disciplined pro, a designer who truly paid attention to every detail, said Marty Sklar. For a while, he was assigned to work on designs for Walt Disney World, including the still-operating Wedway People Mover in its Tomorrowland. He also helped out with the designs for upgrades to both the Disneyland and Walt Disney World monorails. For Epcot Center, oh, he's now my hero. McGinnis was the lead show designer for the Horizons Pavilion, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> which opened in 1983. He is survived by his wife, Marilyn, three children, and two grandchildren. Right. Yeah. He also, uh, yeah, he also did the, um, Astrojets. He, uh, designed those wonderful 20,000 leagues under the sea submarines at wow. the, in the magic kingdom in their attraction. And he also, uh, he developed the robots, um, back at Epcot. Um, if you remember SMRT one, and also you might remember, um, that, that classic film black hole, he designed Maximilian and the heroic um, Vincent in those films. And then he also, yeah, he designed the Mark V and Mark VI Disney monorails. He also worked on the Magic Kingdom's Dream Flight attraction, which is a huge favorite. And he created the trams for the Disney MGM Studios Backlot Tour. And he did the, uh, he worked on the, the ride vehicles for Splash Mountain and the Indiana Jones Adventure. In uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, he designed the Kilimanjaro Safari Jeeps and the Discovery River Cruise rafts and the Wildlife Express steam engines. And he retired in 1995, but he consulted on a number of projects. Um, he worked on Rocket Rods, uh, Cali River Rapids, Grizzly River Run, and a number of transportation projects inside and even for other companies um, outside of Disney. I believe he even worked on the trolley systems. Um, he designed them for Glendale and for the Grove in Los Angeles. So anyway, and he did publish his autobiography last year, which is available through Amazon and I think through um, themeparkpress.com. Um, the publisher. So, uh, yeah, a, a really remarkable and creative man. 
And if you ever read about his senior project, this high-speed accelerator train that ran from Washington to Boston, uh, and I mean it was all underground, but everything was automated from the from the tickets to the loading of the luggage. Uh, which, keep in mind, when this was, you know, way, way back in the '60s, uh, you know that, that that was remarkable, you know, in its time. Don't don't take this the wrong way. But why haven't I heard of him? I don't know. See, that is the thing. Everybody wonders, why was he not made a Disney legend? Right. They, they just mentioned uh, that in the chat room as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. And he, and he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been visible like at the expos or the, or the Destination D events or anything like that. that that's mm-hmm. par- probably part of it, but... Yeah. Now I'm wondering if, now that he's passed away, if we're going to, yeah. if he's going to be a Disney legend in, you know, coming up. Yeah. But yeah, that that's that, that's what every um, every article on him does, in the last few days he, has does he have a wondered. Window? Does he have a window? No, he doesn't even have a window. Oh my. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, it, he's he's overlooked. Who did, who did he piss off? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. No, I no, I'm know. I'm with you, Tom. Because when he when all of us, because I read the little part of the article, and then um, when Michael added all the other stuff, so, okay, what did he not have his hands on? Right. I didn't. And then to not have to have you not know who he is, and to have no window, and uh, there's something yeah. something. And fishy. he and he was hired by you know not only Walt Disney but John Hench and Bob Gurr. Mm-hmm. Together they hired him. So they so clearly he was a talented man. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fires. I will go first. Uh, on Easter Sunday, the 65th annual sunrise service will be held at Knott's Berry Farms Wagon Camp Theater from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. This is kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so everyone is welcome, of course. You enter through the main gates beginning at 5.30 a.m. So that's kind of cool that they that they do that. 60, 65 years, wow. Uh, okay, so then after taking a nap in your car, you can head over to the Easter Sunday Champagne Buffet. Beginning at 9 a.m. and going until 6 p.m., this is at Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant. Buffet includes your favorite brunch items and dinner dishes. Uh, including made-to-order made omelets, a carving station with roast turkey and honey-glazed ham, filet of salmon, Mrs. Knott's fried chicken, yum, and, of course, the wonderful biscuits, 25 different desserts, and, oh my goodness. and free champagne. Uh, reservations are strongly encouraged. Pricing is forty six ninety nine for adults, Thirty one ninety nine for seniors, and eighteen ninety nine for kids three to eleven. If you have a Knott's Berry Farm season pass, you get a discount depending on which pass you have. So, some fun things for Easter over at Knott's Berry Farm, and of course, Boysenberry Festival is continuing. So, I'm not sure you want to eat the buffet and then go to the Boysenberry Festival or vice versa, but maybe. Two days at not get your get your season pass and go for two days at Knott's Berry Farm. Um, Michael, let's let's since we were talking about Disney legends and who isn't one, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, well, 
The D23 Expo is coming up where you can meet a lot of your favorite Diz podcasters and others will be there <laughs> as well. Of course, this is uh, in Anaheim at the Anaheim Convention Center beginning on July um, 14th. But it, they have the Disney Legend Ceremony, which for many people, this is the highlight of the whole event. And this is July 14th. And this is the 30th anniversary of the Disney Legends Award. Do any of you know who the first Disney legend was? Wasn't George McGinnis, was it? No. <laughs> no. But this fellow went on to have my three sons. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Fred McMurray, Fred who, of course, McMurray? was the star in The Shaggy Dog, The Absent-Minded Professor, The Happiest Aww. Millionaire, and more. He was honored in 1987. And, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Disney Legends is the highest honor that the Disney company can uh, bestow on an individual. And there are people who made an indelible mark on the history of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, According to Bob Iger, it's a celebration of talent, a recognition of achievement, and an expression of gratitude to the men and women women whose work has significantly, significantly contributed to Disney's enduring reputation for creative excellence. I wanted to read that before I go through this list, because this, this is an interesting list. And so these are the folks that we are going to see or will be receiving um, the Disney Legends um, Awards. And this is alphabetically. We won't see all of them because some are unfortunately no longer with us. And I'll, I, I like, I'd like your thoughts on some of these folks. Uh, Carrie Fisher, of course. We know her, you know, 1977, she be, she was our Princess Leia in Star Wars. But she had many roles as an actress, author, playwright, screenwriter. And she was also um, an advocate for mental health awareness. Uh, she appeared for Disney. She appeared in such classics as Scream 3. Um, <laughs> Jay and... Si- <laughs> uh, Jay and um, Silent Bob Strike back and for dimension films and in 2015 of course she returned to the role that made her famous starring as general leia organa in star wars the force awaken and she will be in that same role for star wars the last jedi which will be released in december then we have clyde jerry geronimi and he joined the Disney studio in 1931, and he was an animator for several Mickey Mouse, Silly Symphony, and Pluto cartoons, and he contributed to more than 50 of the studio's shorts. He then uh, was uh, a sequence director in 1943's Victory Through Air Power, and then he contributed to the Three Caballeros, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Cinderella, Peter Pan, 101 Dalmatians. He directed segments for the Mickey Mouse Club, and... Um, and for Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. And he was the supervising director for the 1959 masterpiece, Sleeping Beauty. So definitely well-deserved. Manuel Gonzalez, he was one of 33 artists um, who joined Disney in 1936. He took over in 1938 the penciling duties on the Mickey Mouse comic strip. He took it over from Disney legend Floyd um, Gottfriedson. And so he drew the Mickey Mouse comic strip in newspapers for nearly 40 years. And that comic strip appeared in 120 papers around the world with more than 20 million um, readers each week. Then, of course, you can't honor Carrie Fisher without honoring Mark Hamill. He began his career in 1970 and 
with in many television um, shows, including a recurring role on ABC's General Hospital and um, the Texas Wheelers. Of course, he became um, famous as Luke Skywalker in all the various films. And he was also in, in Broadway shows. He was in the first national tour of Amadeus. And he's uh, now he's a very well-known voiceover actor. Uh, he is he's been in countless um, animated television shows, feature films, um, documentaries, and video games. He's appeared on Disney's Miles from Tomorrowland and Milo Murphy's Law. He's the voice of the Joker in the Batman animated series. Wayne Jackson, he uh, began his career as a Walt Disney Imagineer in October 1965, and he helped he he was a technician he used his technical skills to basically develop and install the disney attractions from around the world he originally was trained in aircraft tooling so he his main assignment was to rebuild the shows from the 1964-65 new york world's fair for installation in Disneyland. And he was critical in the early development of audio animatronics technology. And he would go on to help bring um, Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion to Disneyland. And he also um, worked on the construction and installation of attractions and show systems at Walt Disney World, um, Tokyo Disney Resort, and Disneyland Paris. And then, of course, Stan Lee. Uh, he, we all know him from his comic strips. Uh, he's, he's just a powerhouse at Marvel. He made his debut with Captain, a Captain America story in 1941 when he was only 18 years old. And, um, and, and when he was 18, he was promoted to editor. And then he created the Fantastic Four, which ushered in a new age of comics. Uh, he, of course, He's the father of Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, the X-Men, Daredevil, the Falcon, and uh, and then of course he's he makes he's well known for all his cameos in Marvel films, and uh, he's appeared in nearly every Marvel project, and he's even popped up as a wedding guest in Disney's The Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. Gary Marshall, he began his career in Los Angeles writing for a number of hit shows, The Dick Van Dyke, The Lucy Show, um, but his big break was in 1970 when he produced The Odd Couple for ABC, which is now, of course, owned by Disney. And that was just the first of many hits that he created for that network. Uh, he's responsible for Happy Days and all its spinoffs like Laverne and Shirley, Mark and Mindy, Joni Loves Chachi. He um, produced Angie, The New Odd Couple, Blank. Lansky's Beauties. Um, he he was a movie director with 18 films to his credit, including Pretty Woman and The Princess Diaries. He directed Bette Midler in Beaches. And those of you who remember the backstage tour at Disney MGM Studios theme park, he directed The Lottery, which was a short film. Um, there, And he's also known for his acting. He appeared in Disney's Race to Witch Mountain, Chicken Little, and he was the devil in Host- Hocus Pocus. Um, mm. Julie Taymor, she is a Tony Emmy and Grammy winning and Oscar nominated filmmaker. And she changed the face of Broadway with her innovative direction. She adapted The Lion King um, in 1997, which has become the most successful stage musical of all times. Um, 
she's also uh, her production of the Magic Flute is currently in repertory at the Metropolitan Museum Opera in New York City. Um, she her films include Midsummer's Night's Dream and Titus, um, The Tempest. Uh, I, I mean, it just goes on and on. And she's cur- um, currently directing M Butterfly on Broadway for an opening in the fall 2017. But uh, but. Lion King. I mean, that they say has been seen by more than 90 million people worldwide. And then the most fascinating one of all, (laughs) uh, Oprah Winfrey. She's a renowned, award-winning producer, actress, talk show host, and philanthropist. So, of course, we all know her for the 25 years. She's been the host of the award-winning talk show, The Oprah Winfrey Show. And uh, she was in Steven Spielberg's 1985 hit, The Color Purple. Uh, She starred in um, Beloved for Disney's Touchstone Pictures. She... uh, also produced um, for ABC, a 1989 limited series, The Women of Brewster's Place. And she's produced many films for ABC, including um, Tuesdays with Maury, um, Before Women Had Wings, and Their Eyes Were Watching God, under the Oprah Winfrey Presents banner. Um, she performed as Eudora in Disney's The Princess and the Frog, and she's going to co-star as Mrs. Witch, um, W-H-I-C-H, in Disney's 2018 film A Wrinkle in Time. So those are all the honorees who will be inducted as Disney legends um, at the D23 Expo. So what do you think? Did they run out of people who actually had something to do with Disney? (laughs) Oh, that's exactly what I thought. Oprah is a real Uh, stretch. Yeah, yeah. So That's, That's disappointing. I mean, Gary Marshall, I mean, that's a stretch because Hocus Pocus... And I think these are all people in who should be honored in their own right. But for as a Disney legend, I think the ones that were most um, most worthy are the ones we didn't hear, we've never heard of. Right. Mm-hmm. I I remember when we went to, um, and you would probably remember his name, Michael, because you're so good at this. But when we went to D23 last year and they did the Disney Legends, the one that made the most. Um, impression on me was the one who was wiping tears of gratitude. Um, somebody behind the scenes that was, that was recognized. And I, I shouldn't say gratitude, just, he was so emotional about it. And to me, I was thinking this, these are the people who should really get it. The people who, who helped build, especially the ones who helped build Disneyland had been working Mm -hmm. for the company for years and years and years. Those are the ones that we should honor. And, and, the people who just happen to be uh, honored because they're part of the ABC family or Disney bought out their other company, it doesn't carry quite the same impact for me. Yeah, no, I agree. So, the, so yeah, they, I'm, they made I'm, a connection for Carrie Fisher, Fisher and Mark Hamill, but not Harrison Ford? Isn't that funny? I know, because he was in Indiana Jones, right. although, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, uh, you know, they... They can't have them all at once. They uh, have to save it. But too. no, they usually do. <laughs> like the all four Golden Girls were at once. Um, That's true. So last year they had like a, a special surprise one. So maybe Harrison that was Ford, cool. Harrison Ford is a special surprise at the end, or maybe oh, great magic killer. Sorry, um, or maybe <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. or something. Since Stan Lee's getting it, maybe some of the Marvel actors will get one. Or yeah. Ooh. 
Maybe Chris Hemsworth. Was it, was yes. it Carson? Was it Carson Van Austin who is the one that was so? I moved? don't remember. I don't remember his name, Michael. But it, oh gosh, he got one last year. Yeah, he, he yeah two years ago when they did it, he was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I for, um, you would have known right away, but it was somebody who was something to do with he. Um, I believe it was with animation. Andreas. Yeah, he helped bring. Well, no, he yeah he he brought the Disney characters, yeah he was he brought them to life in media various um, a variety of media all around the world for like three decades. He did yeah. and was any the one he designed um, Mickey Mouse's fiftieth and sixtieth birthday logos. Was he I the one? I think so. I I think so. Do you remember he was wiping his eyes with tears because he was so moved at receiving a legends legends um. Award. Yeah. You're thinking of Johnny Depp. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, he was so def- self-deprecating. He was like, I don't even know why I'm here. And I was like, oh my gosh, neither do I. <laughs> they said they didn't name, they didn't choose Harrison Ford. Mike, Mike in the chat room said it because they're worried he'll fly into the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so this is interesting. Right. Ryan says this is just a list of Dig- Disney legends showcasing Iger's purchases. Yeah, properties. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that's an interesting observation because they are um, varied. Yes. Yeah, but I would say, yeah, Clyde um, Geronimi, Manuel Gonzalez, Wayne Jackson, I can certainly see why they deserve this award. Even the Julie, others. Even, even Julie Tamer. Oh, from la- from before. From, no, oh, Julie Tamer. Oh, from, oh, from oh yeah, King, for yeah. her, yeah. for the Lion King. Yeah, because that. Changed. That was yeah. groundbreaking, yeah. 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 And um, but otherwise, yeah, some of these, it's like, are they making a donation to right. some what, Disney what's, charity? What's Oprah trying to promote? Um, Wrinkle in Time. No, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when I'm, they, I'm when, interested when they get a star on hear... the Walk of Fame. What are they promoting? Yeah. Is she going to give us all a car? <laughs> Everyone who's there at the Disney Legends <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> And you get a car, and you maybe it was Carson Van Austin. That's I, I, I think you're it, right. I think it was, but I but I'm not 100 percent sure. I know he had been there for for he was an older gentleman who'd been there for years and years and years. So, <laughs> and he was so humble. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it. But you know what? No matter what, this is still going to be a lot of fun. I will oh, be there yeah. at. Five in the morning. <laughs> in I'll be there the camping. Last yep. time we were there at five in the morning, and some of our Dizzer friends, like Patty um, Tratton, what's Tratner. Patty's last name? Tratner. Patty Tratner. She Good and Alex were. They were like in the first ten people, and I, I want to be with her next time because <laughs> they were up front, and I know they had been waiting there for for hours. So we we have our hotel the night before, and I know that we're going to be spending. Half of that sitting outside with the other crazy Disney. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll be there taking notes. So um, look for me. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Michael. Mary Jo. Um, well, now that uh, we're kind of in the middle of spring break for everybody, I have some day six things that are happening at our local science museums. At the Science Center, Pixar is leaving. This is the last, it's the Science Behind Pixar's exhibit. It's closing April 16th, so you only have one more week. I highly recommend go out after our podcast and make your reservations if you want to go see it. And then after um, 
Pixar, the Science of Pixar leaves, they have another exhibit that's going to be opening May 20th, goes through February 20th, 2018, called Body Worlds, um, colon, Pulse. And it's um, come experience the West Coast debut of inventor Dr. Gunther von Hagen's Body Worlds Pulse, a convergence of aesthetic and anatomy, health, and wellness. This special exhibit presents the body in health and distress, its vulnerabilities, and potential in many of the challenges the human body faces as it navigates the 21st century. And there's more to it, but you can go on the site and read about the um, exhibit. Personally, the Science of Pixar was a fantastic exhibit, and I think they do a really good job at the California Science Center. Um, over at the right next door at the Museum of Natural History right now, they're having the Butterfly Pavilion that goes um, from, it started in March, and it goes through September. So go over there and watch the little cocoons hatch. At the Griffith Park Observatory, um, they're showing right now is um, an exhibit called um, Let's Make a Comet. It's um, only for a week. It's another one. It's a 25-minute demonstration program that mixes common household ingredients with dry ice to make a small comet. That's just like the real thing. So this um, is a program that explores the nature of water in all its forms. And then if you go on the website for the Griffith Park Observatory, you'll be able to see the show times for that. It's another fun thing that's happening. And then a couple of things I just want to remind people. Uh, the Ramona pageant, I talked about it years ago on the show. I, I highly recommend it. It's an outdoor amphitheater that talks about this, it's a portrayal by the townspeople of the story of Ramona um, that takes place in the early California history with dance and, and the storytelling. It's, it's really good. I may talk about it again. And then Pageant of the Masters is also uh, taking reservations now. I checked myself because um, I haven't done it yet, but I really want to go. And this is where they have people portray uh, famous artwork and oh i've heard of these kinds of things oh it's fantastic it sounds fascinating yes and this goes from july 7th through august 31st tickets are already being snapped up all the front row tickets front section tickets are gone um at least for the dates that i looked at in july and again and i'm not going to be here in august but um i think i just looked in july but they do have center back section still available just don't take my seat and then the sides <laughs> the sides are available but it's called pageant of the masters in laguna beach highly recommend this is um something that it's been going on for quite a few years and it's so popular it always sells out do you know what types of art they're um, recreating uh, what art pieces of art i should say let me see because each yeah, every year it's a different theme. Cool. And I'm looking to see what the theme is. The pageant theme this year. I want to see them do a Van Gogh or a <laughs> Picasso. Wouldn't that be cool? It's called <laughs> the Grand Tour. So it's um, the Grand Tour in the 17th and 18th centuries. The desire to experience the world's great art firsthand inspired the European tradition of continental travel on the Grand Tour. Inspired to set out on pilgrimages by land and sea to the great cultural centers of Europe. And eventually the globe, those early travelers often risk life and limb to stand in the presence of masterpieces. So um, that's what the, um, let me see, they have England, Henry Fane, Inigo Jones, and Charles Blair. 
Paris, Versailles. I'm not going to name them all because you, uh, okay. you guys will fall asleep on us. But go yeah. to the go to the um, the site. And my understand. So there's an Act One with a ton of paintings and an Act Two. So I guess they put up more than one on the stage for you to enjoy. And always, always the last work of art. Do you guys know what the wor- last work of art is? The Last Supper. The last oh really? Oh yep. really? I was just <laughs> I was just trying to think of something grand. It's pretty grand, right? Yeah. So that's always the masterpiece that people, you know, so you know they're gonna really do well on this. So um like I said, it's it's a fun thing to do. They also have the and I, I talked about this on the show years ago, also the festival art shows that are all located in the same area in Laguna Beach. So it makes a good three quarter day outing. Um, to go over there. Very cool. I get really excited about it. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. Tony. Okay. I have a quick one at the other science center, the one that's closer. So um, Discovery Cube, Orange County, just down the five. They just announced this week that starting May 27th, so you have time to plan if you're thinking of coming up this summer, May 27th to September 10th, there's going to be Above and Beyond, presented by Boeing. There's so details. We'll have you give you those later, more specific details. But it's called a groundbreaking expedition. Expedition. Exposit. I can read words. Exhibition that celebrates the power of innovation to make dreams take flight. The Traveling Aerospace Exhibition is sponsored by Boeing in commemoration of Boeing's 100th anniversary in 2016. The features include immersive simulations, interactive design challenges, iconical historical touchstones, visionary concepts for the future, and inspiring stories from game-changing innovators, past and present, including Oprah. <laughs> design and test fly. A plane for you. Yes. Design and test fly your own supersonic jet. Pilot a drone into the eye of a hurricane to measure nature's fury. Spread your wings and experience flight as a bird or a futuristic wing-flapping aircraft. Yes. Or take an elevator ride to the edge of space. Oh, like Willy Wonka. Anyways, there's (laughs) – that's so exciting. Um, um, It starts May 27th, so I'm assuming more details will be coming out. But just something to think about as you're planning your summer trips. Cool. So at the Discovery Cube in Orange County – so you can have five day sixes with all the science centers that Mary Jo and I are sending. Mary Jo can't talk about that one. <laughs> I know that's why I had to do it because you know it's a it's a it's a, con- it's, a it's a conflict of interest. <laughs> Tony did a much better job, anyways. Yes, so. of course. Uh, you want to talk about uh, the your excursion, Michael, real quick? Oh yeah, I was at the Walt Disney Family Museum yesterday, and their presentation was tied into Earth Day. Uh, it was entitled "True Life Adventures: Inspiration for Nature Lovers," and they had their three people who have been impacted by Walt's love of nature. They had Lori Adams, and she was the only daughter of James Algar. He produced twelve of the fourteen um, True Life Adventures films. She's now a mosaic artist. She also had three uh, brothers as well. Um, Dan Flores, he's an author and historian. 
historian, and he is his focus is on the culture of the American West. He uh, what he he wrote about what he's focused on. He just wrote a book um, about the interaction of humans and coyotes, and he was inspired by Walt Disney and Sheila um, Bonini. She was at, she's actually with the World Wildlife Fund, and you may know that uh, every year when well every time a Disney nature film is released if you go during that first week they're always released on um, earth day and for the first week when you go the proceeds disney always uh, donates some of the proceeds to a charity that has something to do with in nature ecology and this year the proceeds go to the world wildlife fund and you know them because their little logo is the cute little panda bear because that was their original mission was to save the habitat of the wild panda, but they've since expanded. Um, so Lori Adams was up first. You know, not only did her father direct all those true life adventure films, he he directed. Uh, he 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 started out in 1934. He worked on Snow White, and he uh, also um, directed the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Fantasia. He did a ton of different things. I mean, he developed great moments with Mr. Lincoln. He wrote the speech. Uh, he he directed other films like uh, Rascal and The Incredible journey in 1963 i mean he did all kinds of stuff and uh but after bambi was popular walt thought we can use nature to educate and entertain um you know fans to entertain to educate and entertain people so he had him uh, make seal island in 1948 and so what uh what was interesting is what Mr. Algar did was he uh, used his knowledge of animation to make the films and he made them entertaining and um, dramatic and, and um, you know, and they won all kinds of Oscar awards. And those are the very first nature documentaries. There had never been nature documentaries before. Another inter- uh, interesting little um, side note, he went to Stanford University with Ollie Johnston. So, um, in fact, there's a photo of them in their class photo and they're sitting next to each other. And um, so anyway, so what Walt, Walt recognized, um, you know, nature is a source of entertainment. And he also uh, he so he sent Algar to Alaska and he teamed up with the Malots, uh, husband and wife team who filmed most of the uh, of of all these true life adventures. And these are the days when like th- 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 there were no amenities. There were no, you know, they didn't have the Internet. Uh, I mean, every they communicated everything through letters and they were in the remotest areas. Also, a lot of these animals, all the in order, they didn't know if they were coming and showing up and all that. They they just had to sit there for hours and hours and hours and hours and wait for the animals to come by. And so they had an interesting uh, uh, comment, um, the Malats, that they said they enjoyed Walt as a friend and a fellow artist, not as a corporate CEO. And there was once a young man who lived in Glendale and he was interested in filmmaking. So he really liked um, James Algar's films. And so he wrote and asked if he and a friend of his could tour the studio. And so, and because they were from the same town. And so James made all the arrangements, but because he had filmmaking duties, couldn't meet up with the young boys and they, they were high schoolers and they had to, 
anyway, get back to um, figure out where they were going to stay and all that. So afterwards, they wrote a thank you letter to Mr. Algar, and it wasn't until after his death that his um, sibling, his children found the thank you letter. And and the student was George Lucas. <laughs> and George Lucas said that it in his um, book that it was James Algar that introduced him to filmmaking. And then the next person that came up was um, Dan Flores. And so he he was really a lot like all of us in in this generation that grew up watching um, Walt Disney and the Wonderful World of Color. He uh, he learned about nature through those nature shows that Walt had on television, and it inspired him to educate people about the most persecuted animal in the United States. And that's when he wrote um, Coyote America. And the Walt Disney Family Museum was nice enough to give a book to um, everybody in attendance. And he went through the whole history of the coyote, how it was really a misunderstood animal, um, how the federal government was on, it had a special, there was a department um, created to eradicate the coyote completely um, from the United States. And, and it was all based on something Mark Twain wrote in, uh, in his book, Roughing It, about how awful uh, the coyote was and it wasn't until almost modern times in 1940 1940s that a book was written on the ecology of that coyote in yellowstone it was the first scientific study that and they learned uh, you know on the coyote and they learned that 70 percent of what they do is beneficial and 18 percent is neutral well walt read about all this because Walt loved nature. And so in the 1960s, Walt decided to take a stand on this, on this eradication program. And so he began to do films that changed the attitudes of a generation about animals and especially coyotes. And so he, in 1961, he, um, he did. He took a stand on the coyote control issue, and he did an hour-long animated film for television. He starts out with Mark Twain's idea of coyotes, and and the film, and it's out there on YouTube. It's called The Coyote's Lament, and it's told, and it's told through the eyes of the coyote. The whole story, how they were crowded out by man who took their domain and then attempted to kill them. And then the Disney's coyotes explain how they are the balance of nature. And Walt did five more films on this. And um, so it's interesting. So he said how it was really Walt Disney and then Warner Brothers with Wile E. Coyote um, changed America's attitude about the coyote, making them sympathetic. And and so uh, so th that was so just absolutely fascinating. And he's talking about now how the coyote is adapting because the coyote is now moving into urban areas. And in, in like New York, uh, Los Angeles, which is what Walt's and Walt already knew this because a lot of some of the, the last films that he did, it was you might remember that the country coyote goes to Hollywood. If you, you saw that, um, there was the Nashville coyote that that was done after Walt passed. So um, those continued. And I know where we live, we see coyotes all the time. Um, they just they just live in our town. And we just all know, don't leave your animals out, <laughs> you know. Um, and then finally, um, Sheila um, Bonini of the World Wildlife Federation and um, 
came up. She's a senior VP with the private sector engagement of the World Wildlife Fund. And she she talked about how we have seen a 58% decrease in the population of species between um, 1970 and 2012, and that their mission is protecting the future of nature. And she talked about how the World Wildlife Fund um, has partnered with Disney Nature on the upcoming film Born in China. And it's interesting, Disney was the first conservation organization invited to work in China. So um, they so it's they filmed um, on about snow leopards, pandas, monkeys, and Disney just followed them and told their story of of these animals and the world wildlife federation is uh, is um working to protect uh, the animals and also protecting their habitats so the money that's used in the first week of the film that's donated to the world wildlife fund it's going to be used to increase um the wild panda population enhance conservation stewardship to local communities um of up to 10,000 people and they're going to establish a new snow leopard conservation program. And they said Disney was the very first organization that was able to film snow leopards in the wild because they are so elusive. No one has ever been able to do that before. And um, so it was a, a absolutely fascinating uh, you know, uh, presentation. But again, it all goes back to how, you know, how much Walt was such a pioneer. You know, he was into ecology and nature and conservation before the world realized we needed to do all that. And how he's he his impact in making those true life adventure films and making his nature, uh, you know, television episodes are, are are still affecting the world today, the the world that we live in today, and affecting animals, you know, around the world. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. Something else affecting things around the world. It is finally time for. <laughs> results that was the best transition <laughs> in the history of transitions i think you're gonna you see now you deserve to be the disney legend instead of oprah just for that right. transition it is time for march madness all right so if you've been following along um it, we've been pitting the uh good neighbor hotels against each other on one side of the bracket and off property restaurants against each other on the other side of the bracket um, head back to iTunes to, to take a look at that if you want to reminisce. But we are down to the finals, which was on the hotel side. What was it, Tony? Candy Cane Inn. Candy Cane Inn, number one in the, in the north, hotels north, right? Sure. <laughs> They're the championship. I don't care how they got there. Yep. They're here. And on the other side, it was number two. In and out. In and out burger. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, so uh, Michael was talking before we started. I'd like him to share it again, what the what he had to think about when he was voting. Sorry. Well, it was interesting, and it's the nature of, of these March Madness, uh, you know, contests that, Tony, you put together so well every year. We always, I know we all look forward to them. It's, I had to decide on two completely different areas. I, did I want to decide on where I want to stay or where I want to eat <laughs> when I was voting. 
Any, predi- Tom- any, any predictions? Well, I begged. I- this is the first time Tom and I begged for people to vote for Candy Cane in, and the argument was it's really related to Disney. But then Mary Jo had her points about how people that come to Disneyland, they want to go to In-N-Out, but I feel like they could go to In-N-Out if they went to Knott's or Universal, but they wouldn't be staying at Candy Cane Inn. So I'm begging that Candy Cane Inn wins, but it doesn't matter because let's – I don't have any. I'm not a Disney legend, so I don't have any power. So is that what you voted for, Tony? Candy cane? You're not an Oprah. I don't vote because (laughs) that would be cheating. Why would that be cheating? You can't sway. You know, the president of the United States probably voted for himself. That's right. That's probably true. (laughs) But anyways. Who did you vote for, Michael? I voted for In-N-Out Burger. I was hungry at the time. (laughs) <laughs> I voted for Candy Cane in. He's off of it now. Michael is now off of. I just crossed him off of the Diz Unplugged Legend nomination <laughs> list. list uh, yes. All right. So we ready? Uh, yes. Let's see the drum roll. Forty-two point two percent to fifty-seven point eight percent. Okay. Here's now because you said that number. I think In and Out won because it was a bigger number than I thought. I think it was closer. Candy Cane had a better shot. I think In-N-Out's got the brand name recognition. But I'm hoping that our voters really believe in Disney and, and Disneyland. So and what makes flopping all over. No, I'm not. I don't want In-N-Out to win at all. I'm just <laughs> saying why I think who's going to win. They okay. have great French fries. <laughs> the winner of this year's Fantasmic Trophy is Candy Cane Inn. Thank you. Good Thank for you, Tony. I've been so stressed. Like I created this monster <laughs> and then it turned into something that became a corporate, uh, like it's going to be Marriott and Hilton and In-N-Out and McDonald's. You're and the one that insisted on putting In-N-Out Burger in there too. They deserve, they deserve to be compete, but I didn't want them to win. Does In-N-Out deliver to Candy Cane Inn? Because that would be the best of both worlds. That would be the, I okay. love that idea. <laughs> I think we have our new Uber, yeah. In-N-Out only. That would be the best of both worlds. I like that idea. Michael, Michael, you're back on the list. Oh, that was a great idea. And then Joe's Italian ice for dessert. Yes. Oh, yes, yes absolutely. All right. Okay. Uh, well, we- wait, now I got to stay there. Mm-hmm. For people that don't know, I'm going to be doing some more work in Southern California and uh, next year. And so now I can kill two birds with one stone and stay yeah, at the stay candy cane in. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make ourselves some candy cane in t-shirts or something. All right, Ooh. that's gonna do it for this segment. If you are listening live, stick around for our look at the Storytellers Cafe dinner. Otherwise, be sure to catch all of our other Does Unplug podcasts this week. And of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.